All right, guys, welcome back to Two and a Half Athletes. Today, we're joined by the whole gang, actually. Rick is back from a major tummy ache um, brought about by some uh, Campbell's, I believe. Uh, some type of soup he was eating, but uh, we just finished up week 15 in the NFL, so I'm sure there's a lot that we're going to discuss moving on. NBA, again, we got games going on here and there. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, to start it off, I guess we can go – we had a crazy week for the NFL, you know, starting off, we had a bunch of games ch- changed from Sunday. We actually had two Monday night games, two Tuesday games that just ended. Uh, so crazy week for football, awesome week for football, uh, a lot of games to be played. So going into the night, I see the Eagles just coming off a 27 to 17 win over Washington. I guess we can start right there because I know you guys are with the birds thoughts. I don't think the score really says how the game went. I think they should have won by like 20, 24 points. Yeah. They gave they gave Washington the ball in their own territory twice to start the game, and Washington got 10 points off that. But then after that, Washington was only able to move the ball really once on their own. Like, Eagles just dominated time possession, dominated yards. They looked like the better team throughout the entire game, but I don't know. Yeah. Like it's, I think I think that the game was that close in the fourth quarter is kind of concerning a little bit that because Washington didn't have anybody. They had to a practice squad guy that they picked up off the Patriots. The game was still like kind of close in the end. Uh, they did one by 10, but a little concerning, but a good one overall. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's a backup and, but he has been around the league a while and he's, you know, played a few games. I mean, Eagles are four and one in their last five. And I saw this stat that they had. So in the eighth time in franchise history, dating back to 1933, they had over 235 yards rushing and passing. So they did it all around, like Tony said. I don't think the score really uh, matched what how the game really went. And their last seven games, they had over 175 rushing yards as a team. I mean, Jalen Hurts obviously adds to that, but they're looking good. I, I think the playoffs are looking in good favor for the Eagles with the Vikings. They have, I think, uh, Rams and Packers next, and they're in that final seven spot. And we have the Giants. So, all in all, good game. You have to win that game. A win's a win. It's the NFL, so. I really like what they did tonight. And shout out to Jake Elliott. The guy is so consistent. I think he's 23 for 25 on field goals this year and 35 for 35 on extra points. So, you know, when you got to get those points up on the board, he he helps us out a lot. It is nice having a consistent kicker they can rely on. But side note, I did watch the game with Megs at the bar, and I didn't know this quarterback's name, so I just kept calling him Gilbert Gottfried because that's the first thing that came to my mind. And I said to Meg, is that his name? And he starts laughing. He's like, no, that's not his name. <laughs> Do you guys know who Gilbert Godfrey is? No. He's like a comedian back. I mean, he's like early 2000s comedian. No idea who it is. This guy. Oh, my God. Rick definitely knows who this guy is. I know who he is, but if you give me a million guesses, I would have never. Right? Yeah. So I kept calling him Gilbert Godfrey, and I was just like, stop. Oh, my God. That's who that is? Yeah. I was calling Washington's quarterback his name the entire game. Well, no. Speaking of speaking of this actual quarterback, do you know, like, Rick or Tony, do you remember who this guy is or what he's known for? He played with Dallas last year, right? Actually, no. He was supposed to play, then he got hurt, right? No. I'm talking more college. Um, He was at Texas, then transferred to SMU. I don't know why he's relevant, though. He's the he's the one that came in when Colt McCoy got hurt in the national championship. Oh wow! Oh shit! He's a, I didn't realize he was been along that been around that long. Yeah, 
I didn't either. I don't even know who the fuck he is. They just said that during um, either it was the post game show or um, during the actual broadcast. They they flashed on the screen a photo of him like oh, in the Canadian Football League. Supposedly he broke all these records passing wise in the I think the Canadian Football League. It might have been the AFL. That might have been like two years ago in the AFL that he broke all these records because I think that's why he got back into the NFL. Because he was very subpar and kind of bounced around the league in the NFL. So he got signed by the AFL. Then he tore it up in there. So he got a second chance in the NFL. Yeah. And, and to touch on this game and, and in particular the Eagles, um, you know, kind of piggyback what Rick said. Like you never, you never apologize for a win in the NFL. No. Like a win's a win. Um, Jalen Hurts, obviously, he didn't put that was his first game in, I forgot how long it's been since he's played. That was his first game in 23. 23 days. So obviously he came out a little bit rusty, but uh, he finished really strong. And you look at like, look at the box score. And um, he was pretty solid. Obviously he had the one pick, but that was more so a Goddard's fault, but the Eagles uh, running attack is, is I think personally the best in the NFL there. There's a stat after the game, right? Didinger was talking about it. Um, they have seven straight games now with over 175 rushing yards as a team. That's never been done since the 85 bears the year they won it so that's how legendary this this run attack has been and tonight hurts didn't even run that much i feel like he had maybe one or two designed runs himself excluding the the goal line carries but like bailing out of the pocket he really didn't he was he did a pretty good job of staying in the pocket and looking for the second option downfield which was pretty good to see and i love it tony because he needs to realize that a ball travels faster than a ball that's being ran, right? Like right. when he gets out of the pocket, if he can get it to Goddard six yards field downfield, give it to him. Go. Like as soon as you can get him the ball or any of our you know receivers, just do it. And I think that's what that's what made them really successful tonight. Yeah, like he only had like 39 rushing yards, but that just speaks to how he's seeing the game. Like maybe that injury, maybe they'll shine a little light into you know how he plays and how he views the game now. Um but I thought he played really well tonight. I I don't even know if he was really rusty. He just had one, uh, like Dave said, one bad interception. And then that fumble was just, you know, he ha- he hasn't really fumbled the ball that much this year. So it's going to happen. I know, I know Goddard had a great game, but two bad drops, two bad drops. Look, you, paid, you paid him big money. You can't be making those drops like that. Right. But I think, I think something that is never going to be shown or talked about is his ability to pass block, which, because he is he not pass. I'm sorry, not pass block, uh, run block, run block. Yeah. He's an excellent run blocker. Yeah. Ertz was not able to do it. I think that's why they paid Goddard. That, and that's what I think makes him so great, kind of like Kittle, because Kittle, people refer to him as like he's like a all-pro uh, blocker right. in some sense, like when it when it when when they're talking about how good he is in the run-blocking game. But like if you can just look at these, uh, these averages, like Miles Sanders, 7.3 average per carry, uh, Jordan Howard, 4.6, Jalen Hurts, 4.8. Like these are, I mean, that's serious averages right there uh, just in the running game. So hopefully they can keep this up. I So uh, do you know what's crazy to me, Dave? You brought up Jordan Howard, and I didn't realize how much he had in the tank. Do you know how old he is? He's like 26. He's not old at all. Yeah, he's 27 years old. He just turned 27. Yeah, it's funny. He literally had the probably one of the best starts to a career the first three seasons, and Matt Nagy was just like, I'm not going to use this guy. Right. So it's going to be interesting if they can retain him um, for next year. 
I would like to because I think he's he brings that bruiser mentality that I think you need to compliment Sanders. Like he's definitely you see him with the ball in, in open field and you can tell he's definitely a lot slower and definitely more of like the the short down yardage back. But they don't use him like that. They use him like they they give him the ball in the screen game. They give him the ball on the pitch, and then that was like one of his fumbles that he recovered himself. But like in the three or four times they were down the goal line, they didn't give him the ball at all. Yeah, agreed. And Dave, did you see? I was texting Rick during this. What was Slay doing the one play down the goal line? I don't know. They put him in motion, and I think it was just a decoy, but why are they trying to get Q like that? They're running the ball down the throat, seven yards of carry. I don't know what they're trying to do. Yeah, I'm honestly not really sure. Um, they were, it, it, Sirianni was like kind of joking about it because it was brought up in their post-game interview, but he didn't really go into details. He was like, oh, we were watching a lot of football, and I guess another team might have done it with a cornerback that they've had. Um and I think he was like talking to Slay about it, or either like Slay might have like tweeted about it too. I'll have to go look. Um, and they, I guess, just like I don't know if it was a fucking joke. Like I, I don't know if he was a decoy or if he was actually like supposed to be someone who was an option on that play. But yeah, I don't know. Stop fucking around and just score. But guess what? Hat tip to Nick Sirianni, four and one in his last five. Yeah, in the, in the gauntlet of the season, you know, he stepped up and he change his philosophy running the ball a lot yeah you could tell he's just his demeanor and his mindset everything even on the sideline just looks completely different than what it was in the first quarter of the season do you think he decided to do the run on his own or he's taking fan advice no i think it was him because he comes from like a strong run background but like it from indianapolis they're just ground and pound and play defense so I think he he tried to utilize Hurts a little too much, like try to use a little too much of his skill set and the weapons that we have from the last two first round draft picks that we have and when the broad receivers. But then he realized it's that's not the strength of his team. The strength of his team is the offensive line. So he went back to the wrong game. Sonny, I, I think it has to do not with the fans, but like when you have Miles Sanders tweeting, like run the ball coach when he's hurt. Like you take everything into consideration as a coach. I think, I think it definitely had a little bit of say. Yeah, I feel it there. And the whole reason I didn't talk this whole time about the Eagles, not that I don't care, it's more of the fact that right in the beginning of us getting into the Eagles, Dave said, and I quote, I may be a couple words off, but as a quarterback in the NFL or as a team in the NFL, a win is a win. Going back to our text records, you trashed Tua, you trashed his <laughs> performance, and then had the nerve to say, who cares, it was the Jets, after we had stated a win is a win. So I don't see how you can just say that about your team when we have the same record and you just wanted to bash Tua in that sense. But then come on tonight and say, you know what, in the NFL, a win is a win. To Dave's defense, I think he was the one in the group text that sent that Tua had the highest completion completion percentage in the NFL. He didn't even want to send that. Dude, but like, Sonny, you were like, oh, Tua's one and he started one and six. Like, dude, he started one and six. He's seven and seven. He only played, he played in 10 games. And All right, but that's the thing. He's always missing fucking games. Like, that counts too. He's always hurt. He's got hip issues. He's got fucking calf issues. He is always hurt. He's always hurt in college and he's been hurt in the pros. He's seven and seven. He's not that good. He has, nope. He probably has one quality win. And no one, they have one quality win. It was against the Ravens. No one's giving him credit. It was the defense. So I'm tired of hearing about Tua, but he is winning. So I'll, I'll leave it there. I will remember that game forever for the rest of my life. Forever, Rick. Forever. That was me and Rick's uh, survival loss in the year. What, the Dolphins-Ravens? Yep. Dolphins-Ravens. There's a night, the night I got engaged. I'll never forget that game in my life. Yep. <laughs> 
Oh, that's funny. You can't win them all, Tony. But real quick, back to the Jordan Howard thing, which, I mean, I don't know if we won't be able to retain him. Like, that's not a possibility because now he's just kind of like a, a NFL whore because people are just, like, bouncing around from practice squads now. He's no really hitting all the words tonight, huh? <laughs> the first – his – his first three years before Rick's boy, Nagy, said he wasn't good enough to be on his roster, uh, he averaged 1,100 yards each year and eight touchdowns. So, wow, your boy, Rick. I'm saying within the week, Nagy's fired. That's my prediction. There's no there's no way, man. You don't think so? Dude, they were supposed to fire him four weeks ago, and he was fired. Like, all the reports came out, and then somehow he, he's on Sunday Night Football. He's- Rick, I understand that, but it's it's only getting worse. So what's going to happen? They're 4-10, and 10 and they have a minus 109-point differential. So here's the thing. Here's – Here's my thing with Nagy. If they if they drop him right now, they're going to go interim coach. What if Fields plays awful under the interim coach? Then you're having a whole discussion around the team again. Is Fields your guy? So I think that's why Nagy is just there still. They're just like, all right, we'll let Nagy take the brunt of it. We'll wait until the offseason and we'll choose our guy. That's, that's the only reason why I see him say, sticking around. I don't know. Like I don't. What's the difference between I get I get what you're saying, but what's the difference between Fields playing bad now with Nagy as opposed to Fields playing bad without Nagy? Like Fields is still going to be there next year, whether or not Nagy's there or not. Because you get a little bit more comfortable with the play calling with your interim coach, right? You're already out of it, so you're like, let's just throw out everything that we can. So they should already do that then. Like that's why I think Nagy should be fired. Like for what he's calling isn't working. And he just keeps going back to it. And now they're one in nine in their last 10 games. Right. So to answer your question, what if the interim coach comes in and Fields does not play well? Yeah. How does that make the organization look with giving up a first round draft pick for this year for Justin Fields? I don't know how worse Fields could play, though, to be honest. I don't, I don't know if he's been bad, but there's growing pains. And obviously he doesn't have the great situation that Mac Jones does or. Right. But like, you can argue that he's looked just as bad as uh, Trevor Lawrence. And those two are probably the two most hype quarterbacks coming out of college. Right. And I guess we'll see this weekend what happens with the interim coach with Trevor Lawrence and how they, and how they game plan. Right. Are you, are you, are you guys seeing the, um, the whole bear situation as a, I would say it's a way worse situation than the Seahawks have it, but as like the same as I was stating, like the last one, I don't know if Rick was on that one, but if who to blame uh, Russ or Carol, uh, are you guys seeing it the same here? Or is it more one-sided with, is it the coach or the quarterback in this sense? Cause me personally, Nagy is terrible. It has to be released before the season's over, but you, everybody knows I'm not on, um, Justin's fields as well. So I think it's more of a two-sided thing there um, as opposed to Seattle. I think it's more of just, I think it's Russ at this point, but um, I think you're right. Yeah. Over there in, in, in Chicago, are you guys leaning more towards Nagy or are you guys leaning more towards fields for blame here? No, I, I think you're, I think you're totally correct. I I'm leaning towards Nagy just because I don't like him. And I liked fields coming out of Ohio state. But the Bears have so many other problems. They have no offensive line. They've no first-round draft pick this year. Their their receivers aren't that great. Like Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson's been hurt. And then I don't think David Montgomery is that is good enough just because of the line situation. Their line they can't get pressure. 
you know, they can't get downfield. Like the Seahawks, I don't, I, I really have no opinion on it. So I'm not even going to speak on it. I, I mean, just to read off the last uh, game stat versus the Rams, um, which was terrible, right? Russell Wilson again. His stats were 17 for 31, 150, 150 yards and an interception stone, no touchdowns. And this is week after week where he's putting up the same stat line. And that's why I'm leaning towards more towards Russ on this. I think those two teams have bad offensive lines, so I don't even know what to think anymore. I mean, the Bears have a stronger opinion, but the Seahawks have none. That's what I was going to say as well. And also, Seattle does not have a running game. Like, their two running backs tonight were DJ Dallas and Richard Penny, who Richard Penny was a first-round pick, but he's been very underwhelming since he's been in the league. But also, I think Russ is still hurt, and I think it was, like, his ego that he wanted to – beat like the the injury and like what the doctors expected him to come back the timeline i think he just wanted to have that story out and have espn run that twice a week so i think he's still hurt um i also think that his team doing better without him forced him to come back a little bit saying like his team is struggling and needs he needs him to uh come back and win some games but i don't know i think they're both gone to answer your question Tony. and that's what i said two weeks ago i think i think uh carol and russ are both going to be gone I, I do have a question for all of you guys. I'll start. I'll preface it with the the Browns are out, right? And a few weeks ago, when we started, it, I think I said the Browns' best way to win in the playoffs is that the Chiefs don't have home field advantage, and it was trending that way. But now the Chiefs are the first in the AFC. Are the Chiefs your guys' favorite to win the AFC now? Absolutely. Yeah. Only because, I mean, you have Mahomes and Mahomes from what he's been doing since he came to the league, but their defense has also looked a lot better in the last couple of weeks here. Sonny, like, who, do you, who do you like? Do you really – are you going to trust in Mac Jones? I was, I was just going to say I, I would probably go with the Patriots to win the ASC, but they can't get past the Colts. So, I mean, it's – no, they're not going to have a chance versus the Chiefs. As bad as I would like that, but no. Nah. No shot. I, I'll give it to the Chiefs. They had some hiccups, but they find their way. Yeah, I don't know, man. They just find a way. The AFC is, like, kind of weird, man. Like, Titans, are they going to have Henry? Like, Bengals, are they really a playoff team that can win? Colts? Like, honestly, I see Colts in the five seed better than Pat's Titans, Bengals. And Wentz hasn't even been playing great. I agree. I think their defense is probably one of the better ones out of that group. I agree. And Colts are rolling right now. And the thing that carries teams deep in the playoffs is defense and running game. And that's what the Colts are relying on right now. Also, all all the AFC teams are 500 or above besides Texas Jags Jets, which I think is pretty great for a whole conference. Wow. I didn't even realize that 13 teams are over, are at 500 or greater. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty big for the conference. So, But yeah, I mean... I, I don't know. So many things have changed from the beginning of the season till now, prediction-wise, from my standpoint. I mean, Bills, they're not even up there. I thought they had a chance at the, at the conference. Um, now it's, it's looking like the division is even in theirs. Um, so, I don't know, man. I was all over. I was doubting the Chiefs, and my thing kind of looks like it went completely backwards. So, I'm, I'm kind of just going to have to go with the Chiefs as the hot horse. Yeah, I just want to go on record and repeat that my uh, my preseason prediction was Packers and and Chiefs in the Super Bowl and the Chiefs winning. So that is true. I just want to reiterate that, even though I bailed on, I bailed on them multiple times. But 
Um, I think the thing that sticks out to me is, you know, the Bills being eight and six right now in the seventh seed. Um, I feel like we were just really high on them all year, which is just kind of disappointing. I guess that's what happens when, you know, your O-line isn't that good and you legit have zero running backs to go to uh, and help your quarterback in, in any any sort of way. So that just kind of sucks for them because I know they, that fan base had, like, really high hopes, but reality starting to set in for them. Um, I know they're going to be scrambling for that division this year, which is pretty sad. Totally agree. Like other games that were played over the week, a um, couple good ones, but nothing really stood out. I guess one that did stand out to me was the Steelers win over the Titans 19-13. Um, any thoughts on that? I mean, I don't know. Did that hurt the Titans at all? What's it looking like? Just a bad game by them or what's going on with you guys? I don't I don't think I have any opinion on it. The only thing with the Steelers I keep looking at to see if Mike Tomlin's going to end up over 500 because he's never been under 500 in his career. So. I mean, they're just going to have a showing out party, I guess, for Big Ben. But uh, it really makes you wonder what the heck they were doing this offseason, not like Dave said in our text, not getting a quarterback to set them up for the future. I, I don't think I've ever had a desire to like not talk about two football teams than the two that we're discussing right now between <laughs> Tennessee, Tennessee and the Steelers. Like Outside of like if I'm not in the mood to troll the Steelers fan base, like I legit have zero desire to talk about either team. <laughs> Because like they just like they are that like that game was so boring and I didn't my buddy came up and I don't have red zone and the other game was the Gi- the other prime time game is uh, was the Giants and the Cowboys so we were stuck watching that stupid ass Steelers and Titans game and their brand of football right now especially now that Henry's not there Julio is obviously not healthy um, there's no explosiveness at all like that was absolutely so brutal and to see Big Ben the only exciting part was Big Ben ran for a a half yard touchdown and I thought like he was at the bottom of the pile and there's you don't know if he's alive or not like at the bottom of there you know what the Steelers are and I just thought it was this analogy and I think it's pretty good uh the Steelers are a plain flavored rice cake you know you're getting it's not very good it's always on special so that's why you get it you always tune in now and then Steelers big big football team it's never any good you're not really satisfied with them but from an outsider perspective, meaning outside of us and outside the national media, I was talking to my coworker, who's a big Steelers fan, he's from Pittsburgh. And I said, like, what do you want to do next year with your quarterback situation? Obviously, Big Ben's not coming back. Do you want to draft, free agent, what? He said he doesn't want to wait a year or two for a, a rookie to be brought along. He doesn't want to groom a rookie. Like, this defense is a win-now defense, and even, like, the receivers and Najee Harris can be ready to win next year. And even their line, their line could, could help them out, like, long-term in the playoffs. But – he wants to go after Kirk Cousins only because he won't be as expensive as, say, the Russell Wilsons or Aaron Rodgers coming into free agency next year, either free agency or teams potentially being able to draft or uh, to trade for them. So he said Kirk Cousins is his uh, target right now. One, is your coworker Polish? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't really ask him about his heritage often. Because Pittsburgh has a large Polish uh, group. And then what? Why not Deshaun Watson for the Steelers? Watson sucks. Deshaun Watson stinks. Yeah, stinks. I mean, he's good enough to win you football games, I believe. He won four the last year he played. Yeah, but it was on the Texans. I mean, if they can have a rapist and Big Ben be their quarterback, I'm sure they can have a rapist and Deshaun Watson be their quarterback. So that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, he would definitely make them better at what Big Ben is right now. But I don't know. I don't know why his. Uh... 
his target was Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is playing pretty good this year, and they actually control a, a playoff spot right now, so maybe that's why. But I like him. I like Cousins. Dave, do you have Eddie's question? So I know you guys did trivia the one the one week. Do you have his other trivia question? I do. Uh, let me know if you guys are ready for it. I'm ready. Only – and he, he sent me this, and he's an idiot. It was outdated. Um, only nine players have ever won Heisman and NFL MVP. Can you guys name them? And NFL MVP? Yes, Heisman and NFL MVP. Payton? No. How many guys? Nine. Nine. Oh, my God. Are these people even in our era? I mean, yeah. Henry? No. He didn't win MVP. I don't know how at least two of these guys haven't jumped out right away. Well, th- there, there's no way that they're in our era. Yeah, you're an idiot then if you don't think we have none in our era. <laughs> I'm trying to think of MVP the last couple of years. Rodgers didn't win Heisman. The only one I was thinking of is Henry and then no. Lamar. 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 <laughs> Lamar, yeah. Okay. Cam. Cam. Yes. Yep. Now this is all out of our air. <laughs> but I mean, they're well, they're well known name. Joe Namath. Um, no, that's a good guess though. Going running back, Reggie Bush. He never won it. No, not Reggie. Not Reggie Bush. Um, but 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 running back, running back, Eddie George. No, that's a good guess. All right, give it to us. Damn, I'm like kind of stumped on this one. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got I got a few guesses here, I think. Yeah, give a few guesses, Tony. Give us give, give us a hint. Give us give us like a college team. Um oh, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State and USC. USC, I was thinking I could I couldn't get Matt Liner out of my head, but I know it's not him. No. Um I'm trying to think of other quarterbacks from there. Palmer? How about let's start thinking more running backs? Oh, was it Palmer? No. Palmer went to Palmer was at uh when he was in Arizona, he was good. Wait, what were the colleges, Dave? He said Oklahoma State and USC. Yes. USC. Juice. Yes. Oh, that's a good guess. That's a really good guess. All right. Oklahoma State. Uh, I don't know anybody from Oklahoma State other than like Gundy and Chuba Hubbard. I mean, if you're saying running backs, yes. Running back from Oklahoma State, Rick. Oh, Barry Sanders. Yes. Other running backs, kind of like Barry Sanders, Herschel Walker. No, not Herschel Walker. So those are just those two schools. So let me look up the other because I don't know where they went. But then um, one played for the Cowboys. He was a quarterback. You know his number on the Cowboys? 12, Sonny. It was um, it was the dude before Aikman. Before Aikman? Dude, I have no idea. Roger Stallback? Yes. Yes. Yep. Roger yes. Stallback. Um. Is there a, is it another quarterback or a, or a running back? No, think running back now. I don't know if this guy was MVP, but Bo Jackson. No, I'm stumped. Then give it to us, Dave. Earl Campbell. Earl Campbell was one of them. Marcus Allen, and then two old geezers from the forties. Sure, we know him. Say it, <laughs> dude. How about Sonny? Just how about Sonny just writing off our error though, and just totally <laughs> saying that. There wasn't possible as if it didn't happen two years ago. <laughs> and Kodak, Kodak, supposedly, allegedly, his favorite rapper gave a speech at both of his award ceremonies. But apparently, Sonny didn't know. Had a boy, Sonny. No, I did not. That was that was a really tough question, honestly. Uh, no, that was. I wasn't really into 
huge into college football until like the past few years. That's especially like when you get later on, like it's just crazy how often it doesn't happen. Right. I, I just started to like name off Heisman guys I knew, but I didn't know if they won MVP like Bo Jackson. And I know Herschel Walker won it for uh, Georgia. Can we collectively uh, come up with a fraud today and see if we all agree upon it? Because I, I, I think we're here. I think I have one that Dave has. Well, I wasn't going to do I this. mean, all right. So let's, let's go right into that segment because I guarantee my fraud is not where your fraud is. So I, I just want to, and this wasn't going to be my fraud of the week, but like, I, I've been so tempted. I've been like kind of frauding them, but like not really publicly. But like the Arizona Cardinals, like they're not. I knew good. that I was going to be them, yours. I, I don't, like I don't take them serious, and there's kind of like a weird um, pattern going on with Kyler Murray. Like he starts off so strong, and then he kind of gets hurt in like probably about week seven, week eight of each year, and then he'll either miss games or kind of just fizzle out, and he doesn't have hop anymore. And I don't. I just like don't. I like didn't really take them serious before the year, and now I, I, I don't even know if they're going to win a playoff game. Actually, they're not going to win a playoff game. I'm going to put it on record now. They're going to lose in the first round. You guys don't have to join me. I'm frauding them. Dave, I was, I was, I was kind of the same thing, thinking like, all right, they started off hot again like they did last year, and then just Kyler got hurt and they fizzled off. And then I took a step back this past week, and I just looked at it. Kyler Murray is so fucking small. Like, what do you expect? Like he, he's like half the size of the, some of these defensive linemen and linebackers that are hitting him. Like, obviously he's going to get hurt. Like, why didn't we see this coming? Wait, when is he, when is he due for an extension? When does that usually have to happen? Year after year four, right? So he's in his third year now. So it's after year four, but they can negotiate early. So here's my thing. I would let it run its course one more year. And like, what if this happens again? What if you get off to another hot start and then you fizzle out? You have to sign him. Because they're having that they're having that same conversation with Baker and he's tears above Baker. And like look at like what's their other option? Look at what was there before him. No, I mean I get it. I, obviously that's a stretch, but like, dude, you have like they're probably gonna lose to the Colts. Uh yeah, they're probably gonna lose to the Colts. And they have them at home. And then they go Dallas, which Dallas is gonna need that win, and then Seattle. But I mean, I don't know. I just don't take them that serious. There's like three teams in that like top tier right now that just aren't hurt. I feel like just everybody else is just so banged up. I said I said in the beginning of the season on the podcast when we all talked about, I believe it was only me and Dave. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. That said, there's certain things that we need to see out of the Cardinals to truly be on the wagon. And I remember mine, and mine was 12 wins, based off the roster with no injuries. Um, but it's. They're at 10 right now, and they have three. And as Dave said, I kind of agree with him with the loss to the Colts. Big game for Dallas. It's going to be so I'm assuming – well, I'm hoping for a loss. And that way, the finish out probably win against Seattle now, put them at 11. So I'm out on them. Unless they do it, then I kind of got to go on my word. If they get a head-to-head matchup right now against, like, the 49ers, like, the 49ers are going to route them in the playoffs. Absolutely route them. <laughs> Is your brother still in your ear about the Niners? Uh, they're pretty good. I I don't think. I mean, I don't think they're better than Dallas. But nah, neither do I. But I do think they're scrappy. Now that they're healthy, yeah, I think they're good. Our debate was. I, I was never debating if they were bad. I just didn't. I couldn't at the time. Dallas was first, I think, in the NFC, and like the 49ers were like two games below 500. I didn't even understand how it was an argument. I still really don't think it's an argument. But I mean, they're good. They're a good team, and they're probably. 
they'll win a game or two or make a little bit of a run in the playoffs. Like, I won't be surprised by it. Do you know what the Niners are right now to me? And it might be a little bit of a stretch, but this is just what I'm thinking. The Niners are the Chiefs in the last year of the Alex Smith era. They were good, like a little scrappy. They had that last or second last playoff spot. They could have won a playoff game. They might have won. They might have did win a playoff game. And then they were just grooming Mahomes and waiting for his turn. Trey Lance could be that good. We have no idea, but they're on the same path as that kind of uh, team. Yeah, actually, the the last year the Chiefs blew. I think it was a pretty big lead with Alex Smith, and then they they moved on to Mahomes. Right, because like, what are the odds? What are the odds Jimmy G's there next year? I like Jimmy G personally. 100%, I think. Yeah, I like Jimmy G as well. You think he's going to be at the Niners 100%? No, I don't. I don't either, Tony. I don't think I don't think there's a chance he's there. Right, but I'm saying because of the decisions they made, not because like he's not good. I don't know. Personally, I think he's he's serviceable, but Right, and and, and to me that was that was Alex Smith. Alex Smith wasn't bad. Like he got them to the playoffs. So I, so I will say bringing up the 49ers versus the Cardinals last month, they did play and the Cardinals won by, I think, 16 or 14, might have been 14. Um, and Colt McCoy was the quarterback there and threw for 250 yards and the touchdown. So I, I don't see them getting routed with Kyler Murray back if it were to come to that. But I mean, hey, to each his own, I guess. And, and that's a that's another thing, too. Like and I don't know, winning comes in in different shapes and sizes. And, you know, the herd was actually talking about this today that, you know, Jimmy G is 30 and 13 since being on the Niners. uh, And he's been to a Super Bowl, but yet people tend to just see past that and just absolutely bash him. It's kind of like the Tua thing. Like, you know, his product of winning right now isn't good, but he is winning. Like you can't argue that. Like sometimes quarterbacks just know how to win. So I think I think that's who Jimmy is at the end of the day. And he learned he learned from the ultimate winner. I was going to counter you, Dave, by saying that Niners defense was one of the better defenses in the NFL in a long time. But like we said earlier in the podcast, a win's a win, and he's 13, 30 and thirteen as a starter. And he's been to a Super Bowl. My thing with Kyle, my thing with Colin Murray is I like desperately want to see him play baseball. Because he was going to be like a top ten draft pick in the MLB for the for the A's. What position was he? So he played, I believe, he played outfield, and he raked at Oklahoma. It was in like some of the highlight videos. Like, oh my god, this guy has it all. But uh, that that's like a deep obsession of mine to see him play one time. Like they always mess around with Russell Wilson playing for the Rangers or Yankees or whatever. But Russell Wilson was nowhere compared to what. Uh, Tyler was going to be. No, he was. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I would have been surprised if he made it, honestly. I mean, he hit, I mean, he did play in the Big 12 and played at Oklahoma, but I think he only hit like 290. He had, didn't really have much power. And obviously, he's not a big guy. So I would have been shocked. And it's, that's the hardest sport to make it pro in. Yeah, true. And I think he was drafted 10th overall, but he was a first rounder. I don't know exact, like what exact pick for the Oakland A's. Yeah, his payday in the NFL is way bigger. Yep, especially as the first overall pick. Is anybody else surprised when Dave said, I think we should all do fraud of the week together and see if we get the same one? I was not expecting his response, but I don't know about you guys. I was definitely thinking it was going to be Jackson Mahomes and this bar bar rant that he went on previously last week at a as a, at a local bar. Um, supposedly the tables, tables were full. He went in there screaming, shouting, I deserve a table. Do you know who I am? Such and such of that nature. And then um, 
posted about them on social media to bash them to basically shut their business down. So that's that's just my quick rundown of the story. And that's also going to be my fraud of the week. I love the uh, the snarky response by the restaurant. I love that. Yeah, the response by the restaurant was great. Sorry, we can't accommodate you. And like all this like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And the fact that they made it through COVID, a small local business, and um, they're doing well for him to come in there and bash it. Yeah, it's just nonsense. And I think the family needs to cut him off. I'm sure with his little social media presence, he makes a little bit of money, but that's all he should be receiving. That kid is a joke. He's 21 years old, Jackson Mahomes. I wouldn't know. I have no idea. I mean, if you're at a bar, right, you have to be 21. Well, I don't, I don't know if it was a bar or a restaurant. All right. So I just looked it up. I just looked it up. He's 21 years old. So what is he? What is what does he do? Does he go to school? He's a social media influencer. Yeah, he's an influencer. I don't know. Must be nice. Must be nice. <laughs> the way Tony's rubbing his head about the influencer life. Because he frustrates me so fucking much. He's just so annoying. Yeah, well, it, it's honestly ridiculous. And I, I just don't know if it's if there's if it was another player in the league's brother, would they be catching heat as the player? I don't know. He's six five though, which is pretty impressive. I'm looking up his stuff here because I was thinking, he's- Dave, would you talk shit to his face knowing he's six five? No, but Sonny, I do appreciate you keeping us up to date because obviously I do know you have TikTok and you follow him on it. So, um, it's you're you're our source for Jackson Home Weekly T. So we appreciate you um, bringing in the news this week. Our buddy Hunter might already have that claim. <laughs> also, it says his net worth. I don't know how it's four hundred thousand dollars. So I don't really know what the fuck that means. That's how the, the influencer life works. My my fraud. I I had it written down Cardinals. So I there was you go. With, I was in line with Dave. But if I were to give it another one, and you guys spoke on it in the last podcast, were these jazzies you guys spoke of? Yes, dude. I went to Disney World. So our my fraud of the week is the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> the population, not not the government, just the population. We are so fat, this country. <laughs> there are so many fat people riding around on jazzies in Disney World. It's unbelievable. Like these are these should be for people who like can't walk, who have disabilities, etc. There's a whole line of people as soon as you get in the park to try to to try to get on these jazzies, and they are ginormous. It's such a shame. Two comments on that. One, do you know Disney is its own city in Orlando? Like they have their own sanitary police department, fire department. I thought that was pretty cool. But two, two, I think it's hilarious when you're waiting in those lines. And Rick, I did mention this to you after you came back from Orlando. But some of the lines are like, it has a sign that says like, you're two and a half hours from here. And you like wait another hour, you're an hour and a half from here. And like, you're like, oh, we're getting closer, we're getting close. And you somebody see somebody scoot on next to you. Get in the front of the line, <laughs> hop on in the jazzy, get on the ride, and then get back on the jazzy and scoot around the park. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's ridiculous to me because, you know, like, you know the people that are riding those things. Like, you can tell which ones are completely able to walk. Um, and, like, you know it. And you can point it out and be like, yo, you know they don't need that. And But it still makes you mad when they get up and walk, knowing that you already knew that. It, it just makes it 10 times worse when you actually <laughs> succeed. You can look at them and be like, you know what? I know this month don't need this jazzy then all of a sudden they get up and walk but you already knew that but it's just <laughs> uh, it's just man yeah and as an employee as an employee you can't say no to them if they come to you as like the, the front desk and say can i have a jazzy and you can't say no you can't like make them prove like what's wrong with them you know yeah 
I don't want to get on the obesity thing. Uh, Tony, do, Tony, do you have a, uh, any fraud of the week? For My fraud of the week, yeah. And this, I'm trying to think who this would be applicable to. I would, I would say Dave, because Rick lives <laughs> in the city, but Rick is just so accustomed to the city, he just walks everywhere. And Sonny, you're on Scottsdale. Dave, my fraud of the week, and this hits home for you, maybe more than anyone else on this pod, is all these goddamn mobile parking apps. Like when you go to the meter and you try to play the meter and you have to download the app, there might be 25 apps out there. And I just cleared off my, I was taking a picture the other day. So I have no space. I was like, what the fuck? Got this phone a year ago. And I got a lot of space because every time I take a picture of my last phone, it says I have no space. I went through my apps and deleted them. I had seven of these parking apps downloaded because I don't carry coins anymore. One, there's a coin shortage, but two, I don't carry coins. So you got to pay for these fucking parking spots somehow. So you got to download the app, but then you just forget about it. You never use it again. I'm 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 pretty sure. Isn't Philly mainly park mobile? No, because I there was a different one. I forget the name of it when I lived in Northern Liberties. And then I know for a fact Manion has a different one as well. And that's still considered Philadelphia. It's designated by section. Yes. And then there was another one when I was in um Havertown last night. There was another one that I had to download. No, Tony, I don't have to worry about that because I don't have a car. So thanks for making me feel less of myself. But uh, Fairmount, Fairmount also um, free parking around me, so I don't have to worry about it. So you can just come here and leave it for as long as you want, as long as you don't park in front of the school. Um, so finishing up fraud of the week there. Uh, moving on, I'm not sure if you guys know, but the a stat just came out, and the PNC Championship. Welcome back, Tiger. Him and Charlie just uh, competed over in the PNC Championship. Uh, they fell short to the dailies, um, but they actually had a statistic that there was 200,000 more viewers. I believe it was 2.4 million um, total than the 2021 U.S. Open. I did see that. And Sonny, uh, Chuck Woods was going to be my crown of the week as well. Like for what you see out of him, like in his uh... – his demeanor on the course and his confidence, like as he's playing these pros and these pros kids. But like, I mean, he would on Sunday, he was with his dad and uh, Kucher, who were like two Hall of Fame golfers. I mean, I don't know if Kucher is, but like his confidence and his demeanor, like playing against those as he's like putting an iron within a foot of the, the pin and then draining the putt and like picking up ball marker before the putt's even in the ground. Like, I'd love to see that. He's going to be a fucking stud. That, that was a, and that was a clutch ass shot that he had on 17, the par three, uh, where he birdied that himself. Yeah. It was, it was tight to the water. He went right to attack the pin. And I think it was Jim Nance on the call. He's like, Oh my God, he's going right for the pin. And he got it there. And he's like, I can't believe he just hit that shot. Can I add a fraud real quick though? People like, the fucking freak show Al McWiggin lookalikes that are walking. So, you know, how people, obviously you have your, your Tiger Woods fanboys that will literally follow him. The entire, I mean, everyone's been to a golf match here. Right. And you've seen, especially with one, if Tiger's playing, I don't know if you've yes, heard yes, yes. me and Sonny have seen it. So literally guys will follow. They won't even just post up at a hole. They'll just follow Tiger the whole time and I'll hit it. And then they'll fucking sprint to where the ball lands. The people shadowing Charlie Woods the entire time and telling him, let's go, settle down. All right. That is the kid is fucking 12 years old. He's out there playing with his fucking dad. Cool the Jets. All right. Like that is so creepy. You're spending your Sunday following and cheering on a 12 year old. I get it. It's the same thing as the Little League World Series, but like just pump, 
pump the brakes a little bit. This this kid is 12 years old. Like you don't need to be going to this event cheering on a 12 year old and following him around for five hours while he plays around a golf with his dad and a couple other golfers. Why not? Why not? I, I, I found it. I found it disturbing. Why not do it? It's like seeing LeBron James play in high school. Yeah, but this kid is 12 years old. He's a phenomenon. This isn't a state. This isn't a state tournament. This is just a this is a pro am. When Tiger Woods first came on the tour or even before that, people were traveling to see him play, too. At, at that young, at 12 years old. If he wasn't 12, he was 14 when they started it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was on like he was on all the good show, like America morning shows when he was like five or six years old. Oh, that's true. When he was even younger than that. Yeah. No, I don't think it was like that. Rick at 12 years old. People weren't going to tournaments. Dave, you're having you're having a 12 year old kid who who is performing under pressure with one point one over one million people watching this tournament. This kid is 12 years old and he's hitting shots within five feet of the cup. No, and I think that's fine. But the people fucking hounding him and suffocating him the whole time and like cheering him on, like right in his fucking face, like, yo, cool, cool the Jets. Post up on a par three. Watch the other people. You don't need to be, you don't need to be up, you don't need to be fucking up Charlie's ass on a Sunday afternoon while he plays some golf with his dad. Like it just doesn't need to be happening. A couple points to what they're trying to say is one, he's really good. Two, the media tried to do that to Tiger, but the media 30 years later is so much more advanced that any little thing that these professional golfers do is in front of your face in a second on Twitter. And three, he's Tiger Woods' son, which is one of the most followed athletes of all time. So for Charlie to be that target, like definitely why I see why people are doing it. And and not even that, like you compared it to the Little League World Series, where this kid is a phenomenon. Like he's like he's already at that level. Not everybody on those teams at that age are they're probably going nowhere in life. Oh, not to say no, Jesus. didn't mean nowhere in life. <laughs> I didn't take you for to be a sexist. I didn't know Monet Davis wasn't a phenomenon as you, as she was a sports illustrator on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I didn't mean it at that. I meant like baseball career wise. Like some of these kids, man, they're just average. Like their team is just nice. So I just wouldn't compare it to that. If, if we cut out the piece of Sonny saying these 12 year old kids are going to be nobodies, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> like you you know when you say something and you think like if you guys just knew what i was talking about you'll understand what i'm saying but uh, i mean this but this kid <laughs> this kid is phenomenal and he he would probably beat me by 60 strokes no we we know exactly what you're saying sunny davis laying shirtless right now trying to record a podcast hitting a pen while porn advertisements keep popping up during the podcast it's telling these 11 and 12 year old kids they are going to be nobodies we get it sonny thank you trust me it, we, yeah we it's get so it. funny he just keeps saying like oh i don't know what popped up on my phone <laughs> like right <laughs> to clarify for everybody listening espn uh ads in the background are popping up but my my crown of the week I had written down was PNC. Wait, Rick, here's the bank. Yeah, dude, they sponsored this tournament like a few years ago. Like, oh, this is really cute, and now it's like the most watched thing outside of the majors. Also, Rick, shout out, yeah, shout out to them. No ATM fees anywhere in the country. Pretty nice perk. Interesting, David, your crown of the week now. Tiger Woods, the dad. Okay. He and I and I feel like 
people still obviously hold a grudge and like, oh, shit that he's done in the past and like he's not a good guy. This, that, and the third. Like seeing him out there with Charlie this weekend and also rushing back, like he was, he's like less than a year removed from, you know, having talks about getting his leg amputated. And you could see he was laboring so bad, but he knows that tournament does mean a lot to Charlie. Um, and he did everything in his power to go out there and play for four days. So I thought that was pretty cool. And they shared some some pretty cool moments as well. And you could you could see he was he wanted to win that too on 18. Like he was genuinely upset afterwards that they didn't. He did he did want to win it, but he wanted to do it even more for Charlie. And that's what he said right. in the interview. He said I could see right. how bad, like even coming down the stretch, Charlie would say to me, like, Dad, let's go, we gotta pick it up. And they said to me, they talked to each other and they said, if we want to have a shot here, we need a birdie eight of the last nine holes. And that's exactly what they did in that last pass stroke. Right. Yeah. That was, that was really cool to see. And then my other crown of the week, my raccoons are back. No, uh, way. I'll have to post the video, but they're back. My dad is here today. Uh, and I went to go pick up some Angelino's pizza and I literally just missed them by a minute. And they would have absolutely mangled me because they're thick. They came back. I mean, they, their off season regimen is thick. Like time, is a flat circle. Like I thought these things were gone and now there's two and they're, they're big and they are big. Like I, I had to walk down my alleyway to get out to the street and I do not want to, and it's dark too. So like, I don't want to run into these beasts. I don't have a raccoon guy down there. I did have an opossum guy. Shout out Brocious. Cause we had a possum at uh Sunnyside and he just called this thing in like it was his mother into like a little trash can and then just escorted him down the street. But, uh, Raccoons, yeah, I can't help you out there. Yeah, so they're they're back and and they're back with a vengeance. They're beast. I mean, it, I mean, if Ty would just do the dishes one time, maybe you guys wouldn't have like <laughs> a messy house and the raccoons when they come back. So wait, that was your crown of the week? Yeah, they're beast. These things are beast. They did not take the off season off. <laughs> so I guess I guess my crown of the week, yeah, dude. Yeah, I don't. I don't know after that one. Did we? Where you say they're back? Where are they? Like your back? No, I just they just were out. I'll send you guys the video. They're just out my alley. Yeah, definitely, definitely get a video of that. That's funny. Uh, crown of the week for me. I'm gonna have to. I mean, why not? Tua. Uh, he's a winner. Starting to show it. I'm happy for him. Three games left. If they win out, it probably bumps him up to around a 75 percent chance of making the playoffs. And that's more than I could have imagined this season. So I'll take it. I don't know how you always bring up Tua every freaking podcast. It's every it's it's every podcast. And somehow Tua is just like the most mediocre quarterback in the league. He he acts, I think Sonny, I think Sonny forgets that he does it like every week. He's like, oh, I'm gonna have to finally do it, Tua. He's like, like dude, what do you mean you're gonna have to do it? He he's been your crown of the week for the last He's got like 18 crowns. <laughs> like what, what do you mean? He has six crowns because he's on a six-game win streak. Something that I wasn't think was possible. At the- Dude, he's going to be like the crown leader at the end of this podcast. We're going to be in the offseason. We're going to be like, get Sonny, who's your crown? He's like, uh, to, uh, so he went out to a restaurant uh, in his hometown and ordered like the uh, <laughs> shrimp daviola. It was a fantastic <laughs> meal. It <looked> like. <laughs> I, I, I'll do I'll, my, my backup crown was uh i'm not sure if you guys are familiar listening or even you guys on the pod uh kith it's a it's a brand um huge brand that i'm into joe rogan but no no the the brand name is kith <laughs> was that and, rogan's uh, podcast 
No. <laughs> By the way, Rogan is never wrong. And then his honorable mention, crown of the week, is Joe Rogan every other week <laughs> as well. Uh, Kip is run by... Uh, dude, you guys are weird. Ronnie Feig, uh, Brooklyn native, built up this huge brand, does a bunch of collabs, as well as his own line. Um, and every year they do a collab with the Knicks and they just dropped like pictures, clothing for uh, Christmas on the Knicks. And they did a phenomenal job. Uh, blue last year out of the water. So definitely shout out to them. And if you guys haven't seen it, go check it out because it's pretty dope. Collabs sound like fake to me majority of the time. Like what you just explained, it's like, oh, yeah, I did a collab with the Knicks. It's like, so you just sold gear for the Knicks? Yeah. They'll, they essentially sold gear for the Knicks and their court has Kith on it. Oh. Which is huge for any brand. But update on our uh, sponsorship shirt, sponsorship search here. Um, Martin's Potato Rolls did not answer us. So we're still on the look here for our first, first sponsor. I would say we could try and push for Rydell, but they had a rough week. They were they were borderline going to be for all the week because if I have to see one more poor soul getting stretched off the field in the NFL, they're they're going on the fraud list. Is Teddy Bridgewater Rydell? No, nah, he's shot actually. But how many different the other four brands or manufacturers are there? Uh the two the well, the big ones like 80% Rydell, and then like probably like 10 to 12 percent shut. Uh, I know Zenith has some pretty big names like Russell, Russell, and also uh, Mahomes. But I mean, it's pretty much all right now. Um, now we're done up, wrapped up with the frauds and crowns of the week. I do since Dave forgot today. I don't know how. Man's hot. Hunter Renfro update. He's now sitting at ninety receptions, eighty nine to be exact, and nine hundred nine yards with three games left. Come on, I'm, I was spot on. Uh, he's easily going to blow what I said out of the water balls. Um, so another props to him and he could also be my crown of the week, but Sonny, can you, can you tweet at him every day this week to get him on? He, he runs a big foundation and I, I, I DM'd him in the past and tweeted at him to see if we could donate any, or maybe if you three could donate any money and, <laughs> and um, and, or if we, he could get on and explain it. So maybe the listeners can donate as well. So I'll, I'll keep that up um, and keep my name out of donation pot, but yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll, I'll keep shooting uh, DMs to him. All right. So that'll probably wrap it up for this week. Um, you know, we're going Tuesday, we just had two games tonight, which is awesome. We get a two-day, well, one-day break, and then we're back to the NFL. So we'll catch up next week to see what's going on, how's it going to be looking last end towards the playoffs. Thanks, you guys, for listening. Later.